Isn't that awesome? Well done to our media team putting that together. It's so good to have you all with us again today. If you slipped in late, um, real privilege to host you here at Open Skies Kloof. And you're all looking really happy this morning. Did some of you get what you wanted? Hey, hopefully. Um, but uh, just for those of you who are visiting us or maybe you're new to our church, haven't been here in the last couple of weeks, we've been uh, in a teaching series. We like to teach like over three, four weeks into a particular theme or subject. And uh, as you can see, it's joy to the world. And the, the reason behind that is because some of us, it has been a difficult year, particularly in our church. We've had quite a bit of tragedy recently as well. And we really just felt like just to speak into this whole idea of joy. And to bring you up to speed, we looked uh, at week one around it being the, the difference between joy and happiness is, is quite stark. Actually, happiness depends on happening. So something happens and then you either feel happy or sad. Whereas joy, regardless of what happens, you have an inner contentment and a peace and a knowing that it's actually going to be okay. You can smile on the inside even though your circumstances don't give you reason to smile. Does that make sense? And I think it's not something that is spoken a lot about these days, this whole, this, this word joy. Like, you know, how are you feeling? I'm feeling joyful. It's like a little bit weird to say something like that, but it's so significant and so important. So we looked at joy um, that God gives us, which is a gift, and we looked at bringing joy to others. And then last week, um, Colin spoke about, um, you know, joy to, to um, the, the you and how important it is to really speak into your heart and have joy in your heart, and that joy actually strengthens us. So that's where we are with uh, the series, and we're going to wrap it up today with comfort and joy, which I'll mention in a moment. But before I get going, you're probably wondering, what are these things doing here on the stage? When I was a kid, um, my mom made me this. It's quite sweet, eh? See, it's got helicopters, and you can see the graphic designing in those days was uh, pretty interesting. But um, my brother and I both still have these. And uh, this brought great comfort to us as kids, you know, like a little blankie, you know, um, that would just be on the end of our beds. And um, then I've got a picture. I couldn't, I didn't keep this, but I had this Garfield, I think it was a Garfield duvet. You can stick it up on the screen. <laughs> it's quite embarrassing, yeah? So that's me. And I am holding a little cat. Its name was Smudge. It was, it was about that pig when I got it. And that's Snowy, our dog. Um, he wasn't looking so snowy right there. He looked actually pretty dirty. But anyway, I remember this Garfield duvet. And um, then it made me start to think about like my own kids and when they were born. So we've got four of our own kids. And when Chloe was born, she's now, well, she's 19 next month. It's, it's crazy to think about that. But she loved to have like this comforting blanket over her face. She would always put it over her face. And maybe we actually forced it over her face so that she could think it was dark so she would sleep, you know. I remember stroking her eyes like... Just please sleep, please sleep. You know, so I hear this with a shock for our first kid. And then there's another picture of when um, Jude was born, our, our son, and he was wrapped nice and tightly. And I remember my dad, he's so funny because he's a little claustrophobic. Whenever he would see our kids or our babies, he would unwrap them. And we're like, no, it's actually intentional. You meant to keep them. They like that feeling to be wrapped. It brings comfort to them. And then the next picture is uh, of Jude. And we, we had this little thing that we nicknamed Puppy. And he carried this with him everywhere. Like, I think it was maybe even at four or five years old, he still had this thing. And then one day, I think we were more traumatized than him. Driving back from Gateway, he says, I throw Puppy so we're like, where did you throw puppy? Down there, he says. And he threw it from the top level of Gateway down to the bottom and only told us on the way home the car, we phoned Gateway, we phoned him, we could not find puppy because we wanted to keep puppy. Like we did 
with our other kids. This is Sophia's puppy. It was actually a little teddy bear. We bought two of them because of the trauma of losing Jude's puppy, and we rotated them. The other one literally disintegrated. This one is missing a head and an arm, and, and this is all that's left. And we kept it for Sophia. She used to love this thing. It would bring great comfort to her. She would hold it and touch it and smell it. And, and uh, that is Sophia's. Uh, it's so funny. We eventually, we hid it in the cupboard because she was like 10. We, no, I'm kidding. She wasn't quite 10. Uh, but uh, she found it the other day. And she, it was so funny. I was trying to find it. And, and she actually had it. <laughs> And then um, the next pick is, uh, th that was when Sophia was born and wrapped her nice and tight. That's Jude holding Sophia. And then when Sophia was born, we bought this. And you can see it's discolored over the years. Again, we bought two, and it brought great comfort to her as well. Um, oh, sorry, this is not Sophia's. This, that Sophia's there. And then when Jonah was born, we bought Jonah one of these. I don't think there's a picture of Jonah. We tried to find one with him, and this is his. You can see it's missing an arm. But these things that we have just bring us comfort. And a, and a blanket or, or something like this says, if it could talk, I see you, I support you, I comfort you, I am with you. And I really believe uh, just praying in and just thinking about what to share with you guys today on Christmas is that that's what God says to you too. That he, he sees you. He wants to wrap his arms around you. He wants to bring great comfort to you particularly if you've been through a difficult time. And, and he's saying to you, as you hold it, it's gonna be okay. And this is something we would give to all of our kids when they were crying. You give them a dummy and give them this happy as Larry. And it's actually quite it's scientific, the, the reason why we like these things over us, particularly if you've had a child that needed OT or maybe you've read into this. And, and even with some kids, um, they, they, they want something heavy on them. They want the pressure. And even with Jonah, I remember Jin, when he was a little baby, would like, like massage him so that he could feel the pressure. And they say that there, there is proof that it releases serotonin when you feel that pressure. And serotonin is actually what uh, stabilizes our mood. And it brings great comfort to us. It brings pleasure to us and ultimately joy. So the message today, and it's going to be a real short one today, is titled Comfort and Joy. And I was thinking about comfort and joy, and comfort is actually one of the names of God, and I'll get back to that a little bit later. But I was reminded of this carol. We sung a great mashup of carols, and some of you are hoping it was longer. Some of you are saying thank you. That's about all the amount of carols that I can deal with. I've heard enough of them. Um, but I was thinking about that old carol, God uh, rest ye mer merry gentlemen. It's quite a title even to say, but it says this. It says, God rest you merry gentlemen. Let nothing uh, you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day, even though he wasn't born on the 25th of December. Just some of you are horrified. He really wasn't. They think he was born around September. But anyway, it's a time that we choose to celebrate uh, Jesus. The same as why Easter I mean, that changes every single year, so it's, it's just a, a time that we choose to celebrate that. But it says, to save us all from Satan's power when we have gone astray. And then it says, O tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, and in case you didn't get it, O tidings of comfort and joy. And I was thinking about that and how that ties into the Christmas story is actually so beautiful because maybe you haven't read the Christmas story in a long time, but I want to pick it up for you in Luke 2. Maybe you for those of you who haven't been in a church in a while or you know, grew up going to church but you know, haven't been back, um, you'll probably remember the story. And just by the way, if we've got any CEO Christians here, 
CEO Christians are the Christmas Easter only ones. We're so grateful that you're here and, and we're so grateful that you chose to be with us today or maybe even watching online. And really, we, we honestly just hope that you enjoy the service with us today. And maybe you might come back in January, I don't know. But um, this is the story um, here in Luke 2 verse 1 and it says this. In those days, Caesar Augusta issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while uh, Quirinius was a governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. Kind of like when we've got a vote and they tell you you've got to go to the Kloof Town Hall or Samaries or Kloof High School, whatever it is, you had to go back and register there. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, to Judea, these are actual places, uh, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. It was his heritage, where he was from. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Just a little bit of background there. They believed Mary could have been 15, 16 at the time. And it, it was quite a difficult time for them because they were engaged to be married, but she was pregnant, which was a little bit like uh, not kosher in those days. They would have been quite like ostracized and it was, it was like a bad thing, right? And also, can you imagine the dynamic between Joseph and Mary? Mary coming to Joseph saying, I'm pregnant. Um, it's not yours and it's not someone else's. It, it, it's God's. You're right. <laughs> can, can you just actually put yourself into that situation? So you can imagine them even coming to terms with this whole thing. What do you mean like the Holy Spirit like impregnated you? I don't, that doesn't make sense to me, you know? Um, but the, it, this is what happened. It was supernatural. And it says here, while they were there, um, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, which is Jesus. And it says she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. She wrapped him in cloths because there was no guest room available for them. We kind of always have this idea, you know, kind of in the stable trough, you know, and then like cows and dung and all sorts lying around. But it just says there was no room in the inn or the hotel that maybe potentially they had stayed in before. And it says here, uh, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and glory of the Lord shone around them. And it says here, they were terrified because God like in, in angelic form appeared to them. I don't know, like sometimes we think about, oh, little angels flutting down, little you know, wings, it's all so sweet. I can imagine them being absolutely, they, they're just out in the fields and an angel, they must have thought it was a ghost. And that's why most times you actually see accounts of this in the Bible. It says here, the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory shone around them. It says they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid because they must have been absolutely terrified. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Just note that, great joy. And that's why today's message is titled Comfort and Joy. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. But listen to this. It says, this will be a sign to you. And when the Bible mentions something twice, it's quite important. They didn't have the ability to caps lock or bold something, you know, with Microsoft Word in those days. So often they would mention something twice. Behold, behold, or... Um, Thus say the Lord, thus say the Lord, or whatever it is. And it says here, this will be a sign, and they say it again. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. It will be a sign. It's saying, pay attention, take note. This is important. Some versions speak about swaddling cloths. We're actually strips of linen cloth, okay? 
And the idea to wrap them in cloths, and I had to explain to my dad when he kept unwrapping our kids, was that it, it helps him feel like they're still in the womb, nice and tight. They've been stuck in this little small space, and they like that. That was comforting to them. But also, swaddling cloths were to protect the baby. Because if you've had your own children before, you might have seen with like a scratch on their face or, you know, poking their eye. They don't yet understand. And so they would wrap the arms up so that they wouldn't hurt themselves. But also another a point of the wrapping of cloth was is it would be marked with a name. It would be like, what do you call it? Is it anagram? No, no, what's the name? You buy stuff that are initialed or whatever it is. And they would wrap them in these cloths and it would be a sign to who it belongs to. And Mary wrapped Jesus in this blanket. And it spoke of protection. It spoke of security. It spoke of safety. And it also spoke of who he belonged to. The Message Bible, which is just a, another interpretation of the Bible, says uh, in that, this will be a sign, it says, this is what you're supposed to look for. And I'm suggesting to you today, I don't know why you've come to a Christmas service, maybe you just came because this is your church, or maybe you've come out of religious duty, or you've been dragged along by a friend, or maybe you're just visiting out of town or whatever. I'm saying to you, this is what you're supposed to look for today. It's a sign. And God wants to meet with you today. And we're supposed to look for this in the Christmas story with intentionality. You might think, well, why did God, I mean, Jesus was God in human form. Why did he need these human things? And Because I believe there was something that was being patterned here, right from as he entered this world, he was comforted. And in theology, there's this idea or this thought, it's called the doctrine of identification, meaning you have to experience something for yourself so that you can identify and understand. So although Jesus was fully human, he was, so he was fully God, but he was also fully human so that he could identify with us. He experienced normal life like all of us. He had friendships, relationships. He experienced hunger. He experienced pain. How many of you didn't eat breakfast so you can have a big lunch? Let's just be honest right now. Okay, this is church. Okay, a few little hands went up. He experienced um, uh, hurt. He experienced temptation. He experienced uh, all sorts of joy or sadness. And he experienced all those things so that he could identify with us. He knows how you feel today. He knows exactly what you're going through. And I believe he experienced those things so that he could be a real close friend to all of us. He could bring great comfort to us. And his first human experience on this earth was to be comforted in a blanket. I just find that quite fascinating. And as he was comforted, it brought great joy to him. And I believe that he experienced it so that he could give it. You can't give something you haven't experienced yourself. And some of the last words of Jesus, so this was the night before he died, or it was a couple days before he died, so um, he, he was with his disciples, and there was a whole conversation going on, and the whole convo was about how he's gonna leave earth, but he's gonna leave us with a comforter. I don't know if you know this, but this is what it says in John 14, 16. It says, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. He shall give you another comforter. And it says here, sorry, this thing just gave way about itself. That he may be with you forever. So what he's saying is I came to this earth, I identified as a human, but I'm here to bring you great comfort. But now I'm going and I'm going to leave you with a comforter. 
I've been comforting you and I don't want to leave you alone. And that comforter, remember I said I'd come back to it, is actually the Holy Spirit. It's God in spiritual form. One of his favorite definitions of the Holy Spirit, which we've maybe heard before, maybe you've heard that word the Holy Ghost. It's quite scary when you hear that. It's like, what the, what is that? But his favorite word for the Holy Spirit, God in spiritual form, was comforter. He used it many times. There are other words that he would use to describe the Holy Spirit, which was helper or advocate, some versions of the Bible say. And you see Jesus starting with being comforting or being comforted, and then he ends, just before he dies, he says, I'm gonna leave you with a comforter. And you see, even through this Christmas story, you see everything pointing to God and the fact that he wants to comfort you. And we spoke about it earlier, but it has been a crazy, I was gonna say two years, but it's actually three years since everything changed in the world. Can you believe it's been three years, almost? I mean, COVID, changed a lot of things. It brought a lot of issues to the surface. It, it created a lot of tension and friendships and marriages and businesses. Some of us as parents failed homeschooling our kids <laughs> and now we've got some catch up to do. And there, there, there was a lot that has gone on. And I just believe today on this Christmas morning, I just want you to know that there's a person in the form of a Holy Spirit that wants to bring great comfort to you and help you, which will in turn bring great joy to you. You see, that's why joy is regardless of what has happened. So many of us potentially as Christians or maybe as even non-Christians, we understand this idea of God being a father, God the Father, our Father in heaven. Maybe you've said that prayer before. And then we understand this idea of Jesus was God's son, right? But then this whole idea of the Holy Spirit is normally something a lot of people are quite scared about. Well, what does that mean? Anything that's a little out there or something you can't see with the natural. And Jesus actually said, blessed are those who believe and have not seen, because many had seen him in human form. And that's you and I. We haven't seen God. And sometimes because of that, we get quite scared about it. But it doesn't make it not real. Like Vitus suggests to any of you, put your finger in that plug point down there. You can't see electricity, but you're certainly gonna feel it if you put your finger in there. The other day, my kids were trying to take some toast out of the toaster that was stuck. And uh, thankfully, they didn't get shocked like I did when I was a kid. But I told them, don't even turn off the plug, like unplug it, you know what I'm saying? You just wanna, because you're gonna get zapped, you're gonna feel it. But God is real. In spiritual form, He is real. I've experienced Him, I've felt Him. But I think for many of us, this idea of God or the Holy Spirit is, is kind of like this thing, which lies on the end of our bed uh, in wintertime. Um, it's more for decoration, apparently. It's, you know, uh, it's, it's, for, it's for, for looks, not for use. I like to use it though, because it's so nice. Like if I ever get a chance to have a little afternoon sleep, you know, particularly in winter, you, this thing feels so nice and you, it, it's, it brings great comfort. But there's a lot of things on our bed that are there for looks, not use. Like we have like 44 pillows. I'm 45 gin this past week, so maybe you need to add one. And uh, every night I've got to take them off and apparently I've got to take them off neatly. 
Because if Jin's not looking, I'll just throw them, you know. Just, she's like, she, she knows that I've thrown them, you know. It's like all buckled and bent. And there's a way to like, hit, you know, you've got to judo chop them in the middle, you know, to make them look good and all that. So I've learned over the years. But a lot of the stuff in our house is, is for looks, not use. Like the guest towel in the, in the guest bathroom, you don't actually use that one, men. You never use that one, particularly if it's got like initials on it. It's the fancy one. And I think... God or, or, or church or the Holy Spirit is, is kind of like that for many of us, you know. It's disappeared. It's, it's more for, for looks, but not actual use. And many of us have maybe even just tossed it to the side. And maybe, you know, it comes out at Christmas and Easter. And I think we treat the Holy Spirit that way. But He is a person that you can know. And he wants to know. You look at what 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14 says. It says, this is actually the benediction, which is uh, quite uh, well known. And it says this, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, which we know, Jesus the Son, the love of God, God the Father, we kind of understand. But then it says this, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. There is a person, God in spiritual form, that actually wants to know you. He wants to know all of you. And he wants to help us. And when you realize that he, God is actually there to help you and bring comfort to you, it's really powerful. Look at what Galatians 5.25 says. It says, since we are living by the Spirit, so God's Spirit in us, let us follow, follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. The Holy Spirit is there to direct us, to lead us, to confirm things, to speak to us. He really wants to speak to you. And I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit in my life. Honestly, I've made some mistakes, but I reckon I would have made a whole lot more if I didn't have God speaking to me. Seriously. I remember, um, you know, 2017, 2018 was quite a difficult season for us as we were trying to navigate what God was saying. We spent some time overseas and I just, it was so confusing. There were so many options and things and I just kept saying, God, like I just, I just want you to show me what to do. And I know, guys, it can get confusing. And I think for many South Africans, we feel like, geez, do we stick it out here? Is it all going downhill or do we go, you know? Can I just suggest to you, if God hasn't told you to go, don't go. If God does and there's an open door and opportunities and things just line up, like we've had some of our friends that have, have immigrated and you can just see the blessing on their lives as, as it was God. It, like it was all intentional, just all worked out. But then there's other times where it's a real struggle because it's like, where are you meant to go? So you really need the Holy Spirit to direct you and lead you in all decisions in your life. And I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that I didn't marry the person that I prayed that I would marry. Because you know when you look them up on Facebook and you're like, I don't want to be uglier, but I'm like, I'm grateful for my wife. Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't answer that prayer. How many of you ladies have done that? There was this guy at school who was like, he was captain of rugby. He was like strong. He was good looking, blonde hair. Like, remember the middle parting vibes? He was like, oof. And then you look at him today and he's like, and you're like, he's missing teeth. <laughs> I don't mean to like embarrass anyone or tune anyone out today. I'm just saying like, I think all of us are done that. We're like, oh God, thank you. We're so grateful, whatever it is. Or whether it's a business decision that like, I was speaking to someone yesterday, they, they sold their business, which was a cafe, they were gonna buy a hotel in 2019. And they just felt like it wasn't right. Isn't it amazing how God just leads us in these things? And sometimes he doesn't answer the prayer 
that we want him to answer because he knows what's best. So he's there to direct us. He's there to lead us. He's also there to lead us out of dark spaces because his word says that it's a light to our path. And sometimes it's only our next step that we can actually see, but he's a light to us. I love this passage in Isaiah 30. It says, your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way that you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Really? He wants to help you. And maybe you've lived your whole life going, I don't know, like I'm so confused. I don't know. Even next year you're going, I've got a decision to make. I don't know. God wants to help you. It says it here in the word. Give it a go. And that is the Holy Spirit. But not only to direct us, but the Bible speaks about how he's there to actually give us power. We looked at it last week that the joy of the Lord is your strength. It actually strengthens us. It gives us power to be who we meant to be. And these are the last words of Jesus. The other passage I read you was, uh, you know, just before he died. But these were the last words just before he went into heaven. It says this in Acts 1 verse 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. He, he was like, before I go, you need help. You need to be comforted. You need power. And he left the people with the Holy Spirit. Power. And I want to encourage you to join us next year. Um, we're going to be starting the year in February with a series on prayer. And I believe when we start to talk to God, we start to understand what He wants in our lives. And I'm really trusting as a church that we're going to see God do amazing things. I don't know about you, but anyone want to see some more miracles? <laughs> some real miracles in front of our eyes today? Like we're really trusting God because the Bible says very clearly that you will receive power. And it actually speaks about in John 14 that you will do greater miracles than these. And it spoke about the miracles of Jesus. We could do more miracles than Jesus because there's more of us that simply believe and have the power to believe. And kind of as I wrap this up, you know, one of the things that we encouraged our kids to do as they got older is to not be attached to this thing anymore. Um, with Sophia's, it slowly disintegrated, which is really nice. Uh, her other one literally l fell apart. And this is all that's left of the other one. And I heard of a, a parent actually cutting off piece by piece and all they were left of is like this little piece and eventually it disappeared completely. But there's stories of, you know, how you know, kids post their dummies, uh, you know, away to someone or in Jude's case, he threw it away at Gateway, whatever it is. And, and, and that's a healthy thing because I, I don't think you want to be, imagine I walked in here, guys, with this this morning, you know, 45. So it's not a bad thing for a child. But I just think as adults, we've done that with God. We're like, I don't need him. But I don't know about you, but when I put this thing around me, it's, it's still comforting to me at 45 years old. There are things that can bring us great joy and comfort. But with God, many of us have been weaned off in a sense. We've cast it aside. We've fallen away from God. But can I suggest to you, maybe that's why you feel a little exposed. That's why you feel a little vulnerable. That's why you feel a little helpless sometimes, a little sad, like I, I, I can't cope. We're not meant to do this life on our own, friends. We need a helper. We need to be comforted. And as we're comforted, it brings us great joy. And we certainly need to live in joy in the world that we live in today because there is a lot of sadness. There's a lot of stuff that happens. There's a lot of things that go down. 
There's that saying, it happens, right? We need comfort. We need joy. And many, many years ago, this is before Jesus, there was this prophet called Ezekiel that spoke about a generation that would be more attached to the world than they were to God. And this is what he says. On the day you were born, no one cared about you. Your umbilical cord was not cut. Basically, you were still attached to the world because you are a slave to the system of the world. You were never washed. And there is this idea that Jesus comes and washes us clean and takes all our guilt and all our shame and all the stuff that we've done wrong. And we sang that beautiful song earlier. Maybe you felt a little bit wriggly through it. You know, come all you sinners and lay your addictions down. You're like, this is a bit weird. But this is what it's saying. You were never washed. You were never rubbed with salt. And when our babies were born, they rubbed them with oil and put oil on their body. It was important so that their, their skin was, I mean, it, it needed, as it touched the world, it, it needed that protection. And then it says this, and wrapped in a cloth. You weren't swaddled, you weren't wrapped in a cloth. And I know the whole image of, you know, I'm you know, big now, I don't cry, and you know, I'm, I'm all good, I'm all strong. But I, I know for all of us, I could look at each one of you and there would be a story to tell of where you have some brokenness and have some hurt. And this was the prophecy. They weren't wrapped, they weren't comforted, but they felt exposed, they felt broken. And if you're saying, well, yeah, that's me. I needed to hear that message today and I need some help. Can I encourage you as we end today? If you live in this area, give us a year of your life. I'm not saying every day, but make a decision to say, you know what? I want God to help me. I need some change in my life. Give us a year. Get involved in in church. It doesn't have to be this one. If it's this one, we'll be so stoked to have you. But let me tell you, when you come into an environment like this, even today, you can't not leave feeling a little encouraged, a little challenged, a little inspired. It will make a difference on your life. Just last night, Colin was telling me about a lady that came here one year ago on the Christmas service, and she sat here saying, my life is a mess. My marriage is a mess. Everything's a mess. And she said to God, God, I'm going to give you a year. And when I said last night at our Christmas Eve service, give a year, she was like, That is amazing because it's been a year and God has restored everything in her life in one year. Her marriage is whole, her life is fruitful, she's full of joy. Isn't it amazing? And I'm not saying it's about doing the religious duty of coming to church, but it's being in an environment like this, just hearing from God. And I wanna encourage you, give God a year of your life. And for those of you who wanna take it even a a little step further, and and for those of you who may be new to this whole thing, honestly, you don't have to do this. But we're encouraging a lot of people in our church to go, I'm going to try and read the Bible in one year. And there is a a link that we will send out. Uh, So on the 1st of January, if you want to join us, it depends how fast you read, uh, 10 to 15 minutes a day. You can even listen to the audio Bible on the YouVersion app. Try read the Bible with us in one year. You might not understand half of it, that's okay. There is a devotion that you can uh, read with us. You don't have to read the devotion. But I really believe if you bring in God's word into your life every single day for a year, I promise you now, it's almost like a money back Your life will be different. I can guarantee you. Put it to the test. Try it. So on the 1st of January, give it a go if you can. Download the View Version Bible app and let's just give it a go and see what God does in our life. And as we exit today, you're going to go eat a lot. You're going to open some presents. Maybe go on holiday. 
and it's all about ourselves. We're gonna indulge, and that's okay. It's, it's nice to be happy. They have family and friends around. For some of us, it isn't a happy time, maybe if you've lost loved ones. But for, for a lot of people, it's a happy time. But you will still feel a sense of emptiness in your heart when you get onto your bed and you lie down tonight and go, that was a good day. But if you don't know the comforts of the Holy Spirit, you don't know God, you will feel a sense of, why am I here? What's this all about? God wants to give you joy. God wants to comfort you. He wants you to experience that. It's something that only He can fulfill in your life to give you a sense of deep meaning and purpose. And my prayer for you on this Christmas day is that you would allow yourself to be comforted. We're all God's children and we need to be comforted. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for what this season signifies. You coming to this earth and bringing great comfort and joy to us. And Lord, I pray for every person here today and those watching online that truly we would experience deep comfort and joy today. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to this earth so that we could experience that. Thank you for patterning it for us. And you can identify with us because you lived on this earth as a human. And I pray, Lord, for anyone here today that has had a, had a year, it's been tough, it's been hard, it's been difficult. Lord, I pray, regardless of what's happened, that you would bring great joy to their heart today. And even right now, by your Spirit, your Holy Spirit that we spoke about, would bring them a deep sense of comfort that we can actually experience you here on this earth because you are alive and you are real. I pray that you would do that today. And my last little prayer is for anyone here today, maybe you don't know God, maybe this whole thing has been like, oh, this is interesting. Uh, you've enjoyed the songs, you've maybe connected with the message and you're like, I I've never really allowed myself to be comforted by God. And, and it's just a simple prayer that I wanna pray, asking God to come into your life. You're saying, God, I'm sorry for my past. I, I wanna try and do things your way, would you help me? And it's a prayer that I would love to pray and it would be a great privilege to pray with you. And we're all gonna pray together out loud. So can we do that together, everybody? Dear Jesus, from today, I commit my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven, set free, and comforted. Lord, I'm sorry for my past, and I ask you to forgive me. But from today, Lord, I choose you, and I wanna live for you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Did anyone pray that prayer for the first time today? While all eyes are closed and an attitude of prayer, we're gonna end with a song. Anyone pray that for the first time? You could just pop it up. I'd love to know if you'd pray that prayer. Anyone? We had a couple people lift up their hands last night. Anyone pray that prayer? If you did pray that prayer, would you uh, do one of a few things? Tell someone. Tell a, a friend that maybe you came with. Find a church. I think that's important. Get a Bible. Download the Bible app and let God start to speak to you. I think it'd be amazing. And if you did pray that prayer, we'd love to just to know about it. And you're welcome to come and tell us as one of the pastors. Anyway, thank you, everybody. I hope that brought comfort and joy to you and that encouraged you today. God bless.